0: Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val
1: and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45
0: years of experience in children's ministry.
1: I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister.
0: Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to have you. Dr. Virginia, how is it going at your house this week? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's going well. It's good. going good. We, um, we had some super cute stuff this week that's encouraging you know to my mom heart that that my kids are you know at not even three and a half are are listening and absorbing the bible and the the scriptural things that we're trying to teach them um just the other day my daughter was she was holding this little like plush jesus and she was reciting about how jesus died on the cross and then something that was kind of unintelligible, but then they put him in the tomb, and he came back to life. Um, and I'm just and I got and I got it on video. So excited! This makes um, me want to cry. I love it so much. Yeah. And then last night to prolong not going to sleep, <laughs> my son's like, "Mommy, yet talk," and I said, "Talk about what, buddy?" And he said, Jesus. And I was like, oh, buddy. <laughs> oh,
0: he knows you're not gonna turn that down. Uh, yes, He's figured yes, that out.
1: Yes. I'm like, okay, I'll tell you oh, a story about Jesus. <laughs> yes. I, I
0: mean, you, you want to take those moments and mm-hmm. you just want to to be able to share anytime you can, but it's just yes. so perfect when they ask. Yes. For you to yes. be able to do that. That's amazing. I, I I love that because obviously this is is what we do. it's mm-hmm. it's what we love. It's helping mm-hmm. children understand the Word of God and helping mm-hmm. them know who Jesus is and learn and when they learn at that age, that's going to be information that's going to stay with them for their entire yeah. lives because it's going to become a part of who they are and they're going to understand, things and build on it so much better. And so that's just so exciting. I love hearing those (laughs) stories. I love it so much. That's why I am so excited about our episode today and what we are talking about, because Mm -hmm. we are actually going to be starting a series. Now, we're not going to do them in order. We don't even know how often we're going to be doing them, (laughs) but we do know we're going to be starting a series Mm -hmm. on learning styles and we're going to be talking Mm -hmm. about eight different learning styles and we're going to do an episode on each one because one of the things that we truly love is to to find unique ways to share the word of God with children Mm -hmm. because we are all different and we all learn differently and Mm -hmm. we grasp concepts differently. And, and so it's important that we make sure that we're giving children all the opportunities that they can have to be able to learn more about Jesus and to understand the word of God. And so there was a man by the name of Howard Gardner who wrote a book about a topic called multiple intelligences. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's been a lot of controversy over the years (laughs) about it. A lot of people that agree with the eight, that disagree with the eight. We know that Howard Gardner actually added two, and then took one away, and then added a different one afterwards (laughs) many years later. So we know that there is a lot to multiple intelligences if you want to have the conversation. I first remember reading his book in my undergraduate program at the University of Tennessee Knoxville. Go Vols. And uh, (laughs) I had to throw that in there. Um, I remember reading and being fascinated by the Mm -hmm. idea that people have different ways that they enjoy learning mm-hmm. different ways that their brain processes information. Mm-hmm. I know that there are a lot of people who feel like that this is not something that's quantifiable. It's not something that can be scientifically proven. There's some people that really don't understand or appreciate the multiple intelligence theory. And so that's really not what we're going to get into as we're, you know, starting this discussion. The thing for me that I think always made such a great connection for me is that as I studied Gardner to begin with, when I was first starting the education program, was that I had grown up helping in preschool and children's ministry at Mm -hmm. our church. And in our preschool department, we had centers that did all of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me... Multiple intelligences and the whole theory itself really made sense to me because Mm -hmm. I could see how some children enjoyed the block center more than they enjoyed home living or more Mm -hmm. than they enjoyed the book center or more than they enjoyed crafts or, you know, like I could tell that there were some children that thrived in certain areas and didn't enjoy the activities in others. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was, it, it worked perfectly with the experience that I had with children. And so as I studied that throughout my entire educational career, as a matter of fact, I ended up being assigned Gardner in our doctoral program. We were working on our doctorate Mm -hmm. in education. I actually had to do a presentation on Gardner and multiple intelligences. I remember
1: that. (laughs) It was like in our first class.
0: Yeah, it was like really, really early (laughs) that I was assigned that book. And so I've always said that it sort of came full circle for me in my whole Mm -hmm. educational career, Mm -hmm. starting with my undergraduate work, with my undergraduate degree in elementary education study gardener, using it as I was a children's minister, as Mm -hmm. I wrote children's material, as I led conferences Mm -hmm. for children's ministry leaders, you know, as we looked at learning centers and centers in our classrooms and Mm -hmm. all of the learning styles that that were built into a lot of the material that's written for Sunday school and for churches. And so, for me, I have just embraced the multiple intelligences theory mm-hmm. and really seen it played out very realistically in my years of experience.
1: And I mean, I just think it's it's a useful framework. Yeah. You know, there's no single framework, theory, no. hypothesis, anything that's perfect no. or complete. But it is very useful in helping us um, equip ourselves, equip our volunteers with tools, ideas, and strategies to become better teachers, to reach our students with different learning styles more effectively. And so it's just useful. It's just useful. And
0: yeah. That's the thing about the whole theory in itself is that it's not just saying you can only learn one way.
1: Right, right. Everyone's got a combination and a mix. You yeah. do,
0: but everyone does have, I think, a way that we enjoy it best mm-hmm. and do comprehend and retain information mm-hmm. better yes.
1: through. Yes. And
0: I think part of that is also the relationship that the teacher builds with the student mm-hmm. to get to know that student well enough because they are not necessarily aware to be mm-hmm. able to verbalize what they enjoy. Yeah, And so you do have to sometimes watch and mm-hmm. learn and mm-hmm. have that com- communication that you have mm-hmm. with them so that you learn. But I, just out of practical experience, I can tell you over the years how how beneficial it can mm-hmm. be because as teachers, we tend to lean towards teaching in the way that we most enjoy learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's just natural. If yep. you love art, if you love crafts, then that is almost always going to be something you're going to want to do every single class time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I worked with teachers in Christian schools that were the same way in a classroom setting. Mm -hmm. I would have teachers in a classroom setting that their entire classroom was built around something they loved, Yeah, you know, whether it be nature or whether it be art or whether it be books. Because that was who yeah. they were and it's what they loved. Yeah. And so it naturally came out. But the problem mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. would come when they would have students in their classroom mm-hmm. that couldn't connect to nature or didn't right. enjoy books or didn't enjoy crafts. And right. so they would really struggle in those classrooms.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: it's important for us to be aware of mm-hmm. multiple intelligences so that we can best meet the needs of our students. hmm Because there is an expectation, a responsibility that teachers have to make sure that they are communicating the educational thought well. As much as it is the student's responsibility to learn, it's the teacher's responsibility to teach it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so we have to find those ways. And so that's why
1: I get so very excited when I talk about learning styles. And, and just like what you said, that we tend to teach to our own preferences because it is most comfortable. We also tend to teach how we were taught, um, right. th- ways that we have seen modeled. Um, and so it's easy to sort of slip into these habits of doing certain things in certain ways, just because it's either comfortable or what we've seen before, because for us as teachers, a big part of our role and responsibility is keeping our students engaged, Mm -hmm. um, communicating in a way that they can understand. And so, um, Whenever students, whenever maybe we have um, behavioral issues, or students who aren't paying attention, um, who are constantly having to redirect, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's really worthwhile to take a look at our teaching methods, right. and evaluate and say, you know, am I teaching in diverse ways? in a variety of methods to a variety of learners right. in a way that I can effectively reach my students. Right. Um, because having that student engagement, we talked about, I have a whole episode yes. about this, how oh, student yeah. engagement is our first line of defense in classroom right. management. Yes. And this, this model of these multiple intelligences, these eight different styles of learning, mm-hmm. these are tools on our tool belt in being able to effectively engage and teach our students. Mm -hmm. None of us do it perfectly. None of us teach to all eight in every single lesson. That's too Mm
0: -hmm. much. No, you can't. You cannot.
1: Being intentional throughout the course of our entire year with kids Mm -hmm. to touch on each of these eight at different times in different Mm -hmm. ways to engage our students um, in a very holistic way throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: And this is the thing when you're working with children that makes it very different. As adults, we have learned over many years, 12 years in formal education and and Mm -hmm. plus, according to how Mm -hmm. far you've gone in in your graduate work. And and so we have learned over those years how to learn. Mm -hmm. We have learned how to sit in classes and listen Mm -hmm. to lectures and take Mm -hmm. notes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to study Children, especially Mm -hmm. preschoolers and early elementary age children, they have not had that experience yet, right? They have not learned how to sit in a classroom and Mm -hmm. listen and take notes and learn Mm -hmm. by studying. That's just not natural for them. And we don't expect them to be able to do that. But sometimes as teachers, we think that's what makes a good teacher. Think, like, Oh, if that's stands, what learning is. Yeah, you yeah. can stand in front of the group, keep them under control, and they can listen to you for an hour, then you're successful. But that's not yeah. the way it works with preschoolers and elementary children because yeah. they have not learned how to learn mm-hmm. that way yet. Mm-hmm. And so they are learning naturally mm-hmm. in just their inclinations of mm-hmm. what they enjoy and what they it's can just
1: understand the way that God made them to it's learn just
0: yeah. it, And it's going to be mm-hmm. different. What the way I learn is going to be different from the way Virginia learns. And I learned this really early in marriage because, you know, I am a very visual learner. My husband is a logical learner. Mm-hmm. And so just even communicating over the years, I have learned that mm-hmm. he sees things in a certain way. He processes in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so, and not all of us process in the same way. I you know, and that's okay. I, there's there's a meme that's been going around on social media lately where people have had this conversation. And they're realizing that there are people who don't visualize things in their minds.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are
0: people that when they Mm -hmm. learn, they don't see pictures in their mind. When Mm -hmm. you explain, like if you tell them about a red apple, Mm -hmm. they don't see a red apple in Mm -hmm. their mind. I do. I always have because Uh I'm a very visual person. So I play little movies in my head the whole time Mm -hmm. I'm talking with somebody. If you're describing something to me. I am playing it out visually in my mind. Like I can Mm -hmm. see you walking into the grocery store and not, you know, like whatever your story is, Mm -hmm. not everybody thinks that way or learns Mm -hmm. that way or processes that way. And it can be surprising to people that think that this is just natural, Mm -hmm. that this is just the way it is, but it really is Mm -hmm. not. And so Mm -hmm. we have to be mindful that there are people who process differently, who think differently. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's it's an important thing, I think, for teachers Mm -hmm. to understand and to learn. But it's just like you said, it's such an effective tool and it can change the way you look at a classroom and it can change the way you look at how you teach. Yes. And it can be so very powerful. So so there are, we're going to, for our process of how we are going to be sharing this with you, we are going to go with the eight basic learning Mm -hmm. styles. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not going to kind of get off (coughs) into the discussion of all the others that have been added or taken away, but the ones that we considered to be the, the basic eight learning styles as Howard Gardner shares them, visual learners, kinesthetic learners, kids that learn through movement. Auditory learners. Those are kids that learn through music and rhythm and beats. Verbal learners. There are logical learners. There are children who learn through relationships. Mm -hmm. There are reflective learners. And then there are natural learners that learn through nature. Mm -hmm. So those are the basic eight we're going to go with (laughs) as we're going to discuss things that you can do in the classroom to meet the needs Mm -hmm. of each individual learner. And so today we're going to start with our very first one that we're going to discuss.
1: Yeah, kinesthetic, Kinesthetic which is is one of my favorites, which is one of my natural preferences. So this Mm -hmm. is an easy one.
0: Kinesthetic (laughs) learners are children who typically learn by doing. They yeah. respond really well to hands-on experience. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so I like to describe it as like by doing and moving, um, you know, one of the things that that whenever I'm teaching, and this is, again, going back to my personal preferences of being a kinesthetic learner um, and therefore having that influence my teaching, um, Right now I work with preschoolers and we don't go more than maybe two minutes without having, directing the kids to move in some way while Mm -hmm. I am teaching them. We do, and I've mentioned this in other episodes, we do a lot of hand motions, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, every single lesson. Um, I'm having them, you know, respond with a certain hand motion. Whenever I say a certain word, as we're reading this passage of scripture, I want you to give me a thumbs up. I want you to give me a thumbs down. I want you to give me moose antlers, you know, whatever it is. Um, And so just incorporating that movement throughout the teaching time to help reset their attention spans, to help them stay engaged and again, it's, it's easy for me to do because that's how I would want to be taught. That's how right. I like to learn. I like to have that opportunity to move and to do as I learn. Right.
0: Well, kinesthetic learners usually require a tactile experience mm-hmm. to understand something better. Mm-hmm. It, it helps them if they can actually touch things and mm-hmm. move things or build things. -hmm. Because as they move, as they're handling things, as they're seeing it, they are able to process it more effectively and they're able to understand it in a a more specific way. And so these learners do tend to be really good at sports and dance or making things because Mm -hmm. they are typically going to be those children that enjoy the hands on activities using their Mm -hmm. hands, using their bodies to be able to function every day. (laughs) yes. so they have this ability to be able to control their physical bodies along Mm -hmm. with their mind. And so they make this mind body connection that is very unique for them to be able to understand a concept better.
1: Mm -hmm. And this is why I make sure all of our classrooms have Play-Doh, Um, blocks. We have wooden blocks. We have magnet tiles. We have foam blocks. We have Lego blocks. (laughs) We've got an (laughs) array of blocks, you know, and, and this is why I want us to have tactile resources Mm -hmm. that as we are reinforcing the lesson that we have taught, kids have an opportunity to reenact it, to build the temple, to take their Play-Doh and, you know, make it into a little person or, or whatever it is to have that tactile, just like what you're saying, that Mm -hmm. physical experience to reinforce what it is that we are teaching in our Bible lesson. Right. Right. And these
0: students also tend to struggle with sitting through lectures or taking notes. They struggle when we're reading long passages. <clears throat> Or Mm -hmm. if you have an abstract lesson where you're asking them just to visualize something Mm -hmm. or just to think about something, Mm -hmm. they're going to really struggle with those concepts because they have to have that tactile experience Mm -hmm. to be able to understand it and to learn it. So it helps them to be in motion when they're learning or to be building when they're learning. And so that helps them a great deal. So we have to think about our setup for our classrooms, I think, to begin with, when you were thinking about the best way to utilize learning styles into the classroom with kinesthetic, you have to have the space Mm -hmm. to be able to move. Mm -hmm. And so that may mean removing tables and chairs It may mean Mm -hmm. finding some other storage areas where Mm -hmm. you can place some furniture or some pieces Mm -hmm. so that you can have more floor space Mm -hmm. to be able to do these activities. But so many times as I would walk through buildings with children's ministry leaders, they just felt this need like we have to have tables and chairs to be able to sit at, for them to be able to be quietly listening to the lesson or to be able to do different things. Mm -hmm. And not all buildings I know don't have the space. It's wonderful when you have classrooms large enough where you can Mm -hmm. have maybe a table and chairs beside, you know, the sink and the countertops, but then have a large area in the Mm -hmm. other side of the classroom or in the back that has space. Mm -hmm. We don't always have that. Mm -hmm. And for me, if I'm looking at those classrooms, I would rather take the table and chairs out and figure out another way Uh to do those activities than to have them and not be able to do the movement Mm -hmm. because I feel like the movement is so necessary for kids Mm -hmm. to be able to process and to understand even when they're not specifically kinesthetic learners, but especially when they are. Yes.
1: Yes. And you know, it's interesting too, as, as you know, and as an adult watching this play out in my own life, you know, as we went through our doctoral program and other things um, I would, as I was learning, I would do these elaborate doodles (laughs) all over my notes and all over like the, like the back of, you know, my notes pages or whatever. Um, because even as an adult, if some part of me wasn't in motion, even just my hand doodling, then I was not going to be focused. I wasn't going to be listening. I wasn't going to be learning or retaining that information. And so,
0: and that's, that's something for me as a visual learner that I would need to do. And we'll talk about that when we get to that too. But I've had, I remember in high school, like for example, we had one particular science teacher that if we touched our pencils. While he was speaking, we had to either do jumping jacks or push-ups because we weren't allowed to touch our pencil while he was speaking. But, but if you me, wanted to
1: take notes, that yeah, doesn't make any
0: sense for me taking notes and writing. And like you yeah. said, like I have all of yeah. these little drawings that I do mm-hmm. on the side of my paper because the way mm-hmm. I have to think visually, I have to draw things out as mm-hmm. people are talking. And so it was a struggle for me in that classroom. I did a lot of jumping jacks because (laughs) I would just naturally pick up my pencil when he would start talking so that I could jot down my notes and and it just really would frustrate him. So I think that we have to remember these things. Yeah. It's one thing if a child is being disruptive. I I guess he just wanted all attention on him as he was speaking. He thought maybe we were passing notes or doing something else. But for me, Mm -hmm. you know, I needed that. So I think that we need to remember these things. But it's like you said, even just that little bit of drawing Mm -hmm. keeps your body moving enough Mm -hmm. that it helps you to be able to process.
1: And I think giving kids the freedom, like just like what you said, in ways that aren't disruptive or, you know, distracting to their peers, but giving kids the freedom to have um you know an amount uh, an appropriate amount of movement while right. you teach yeah. so you know even though i like to do lots of hand motions and stuff <laughs> even if that's not your thing you know allowing kids to draw and write mm-hmm. while you're teaching Um, or, you know, allowing them like a quiet thing to do with their hands. Even, even as we record our podcast, you know, as we Mm -hmm. record these, I almost always, one, I talk a lot with my hands (laughs) and then two, I almost always have like some little something in my hands that I kind of turn over and fidget with every time as we record. Mm -hmm. And so just allowing kids, um, you know, a reasonable amount of (laughs) non-distracting freedom, to, to move as they need to move, um, in order to help them stay focused Mm -hmm. and stay attentive. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I can remember even as a classroom teacher, one of the things that I kept on my desk was like a little basket of, um, either Play-Doh or, or Silly Putty. And it was just a very small amount, but I would allow kids, they could come and get it and they could just leave as long as it stayed on their desk. Mm-hmm. While we were talking, while we were working, they could just sit because this was before the days of fidget spinners or, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the calming strips or all the things, but it was just giving them a tactile, something that they could move mm-hmm. in their hands. that was quiet mm-hmm. and they knew. And I, I know, cause I had a lot of teachers say, well, I'd never do that because they'll start throwing at each other or they're like, no, mm-hmm. because my kids knew that they would lose that privilege if mm-hmm. they didn't follow the rules that we had with it. And they respected that, Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I I never had an issue with it in the classroom and they just Mm -hmm. knew they could go up and get it and come sit down. Mm -hmm. And it was just something quiet that they could do to keep Mm -hmm. their hands moving. And it helped them process and Mm -hmm. it helped keep the whole classroom more calm because if you don't get that outlet as a child, you're going to find a way Mm -hmm. to that outlet.
1: Yes. If we don't give them a non-distracting way, then they will find a way and right. we can't guarantee what, that it won't be a huge be. Distraction. Again, yes. We're
0: talking about a natural inclination mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. in the way that our mind works and the way that our body works. And for some kids, that's a quiet thing. And we'll talk about that as we talk about the other learning styles. But for some kids, it's this motion that must mm-hmm. occur for them to be able to think and to process, because if not, all they're thinking about is how do I move? Mm-hmm. How, you know, or how how to get this?
1: You or know, suppressing to this that desire to wiggle and fidget and move mm-hmm. and draw. Just you know, all their focus mm-hmm. goes to staying still. Yeah. And they're not hearing the lesson, and they're not listening to you, and they're not no. absorbing it. No. They're just. And they, thinking will about, mm, and yes. they will distract others, and they will. Yeah, yeah. And so that
0: that's going to be. It. <clears throat> so what I thought we could do is we're just going to talk about some different learning activities because yeah. the idea is this: as you are creating your lessons you are going to find things that you can do to get the concept for your bible lesson for the day across to the kids and the learning styles that are going to best meet their needs mm-hmm. and we talked about this earlier not all of your kids are going to be kinesthetic learners mm-hmm. as you get to know your classrooms you begin to know your kids better and there have mm-hmm. been some years that i have had whole classrooms of kids that really didn't they you know didn't need that tactile stimulation that didn't need that constant movement. Mm -hmm. And so we haven't had to have, you know, some, some years I've had to have kinesthetic lessons in every week. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just been every so often you kind of start to learn your kids, you know what you need. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've told the story before about a kindergartner that I had that caused a lot of classroom disruption until we figured out that he loved blocks. Mm -hmm. And once I found a way every Sunday to tie blocks or Legos or building Mm -hmm. into every single week's lesson, we had disruption in the classroom because he was going to find some way to disrupt if he didn't have that to help him because he needed that. That was Mm -hmm. something that he could not control on his own and that I couldn't help him learn how to control in an hour once a week. Right. And so being able to find that learning style for him helped mm-hmm. our classroom tremendously because it really, you know, it, it helped him. So we find these things, but I thought we could go through some different activities, mm-hmm. some different things that you can use with almost any Bible story to yeah. help you to be able to more effectively teach your children that are kinesthetic learners. Mm-hmm. The first is just a very obvious one. It's active games. If you happen to hear our episode on Bible skills, we talked a lot about active games, mm-hmm. um, relay races that you can do, um, creating puzzles, making puzzles with the Bible verses, with the books of the Bible, um, mm-hmm. activities with the solo cups or or the craft sticks or the ball pit balls, whatever you, know, you might need to do. Those mm-hmm. are active games. They're mm-hmm. games that the kids are going to play to be able to get to the means of either putting a verse together, of putting the order of the Bible story together, of doing something that's going to help them to be able to retain the information that you've just taught them through the Bible story.
1: Also, I kind of touched on this already, but building scenes and models. So Mm -hmm. using those blocks to build out a scene that you are learning about from the Bible. And so we actually just did this um, this past Sunday in our preschool ministry during our worship hour um, for each class. We provided um blocks. And so they were, they were doing where the Holy Spirit, um, came to the disciples. So they are all together in a room, they're waiting, they know the Holy Spirit's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, each class had blocks to build the room and they had 12 little like puff balls (laughs) to represent (laughs) each of the disciples. And so part of what we did to reinforce this lesson was we built the room, you know, we had the kids build the room and put their little puff balls in to represent those 12 disciples. And so, so building out these scenes, these mm-hmm. models, and again, it's something super simple. I mean, you're not, you know, doing this it's, life-size scale replica. It's, it's not wooden blocks it's, and puffballs. Yeah.
0: And, and, it, and it can be done in almost every story. You can mm-hmm. either build a boat or the ark or mm-hmm. a building or a room. And with preschoolers, mm-hmm. when you have the blocks and you can just tape on the floor, the shape of the boat or tape yes. on the floor, the shape of the room, And they don't even have to stress too much over the actual concept of building, but they're Mm -hmm. just placing these blocks in place to build. And then you act out the story when you're done with it. And so that's, that's what's going to help them to be able to process the story better because they are physically building the set for the story. One of the things that you talk about a lot that we've talked about several times is having the hand motions for songs, Mm -hmm. for Bible stories, hand Mm -hmm. motions for the books of the Bible, or for anything that you might be teaching them to recite to them, things Mm -hmm. that will help them key words. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite things to do is I typically, when I'm telling a Bible story, I'm going to just tell it straight out with them listening in their attention span, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: two minutes for two year olds five minutes for five-year-olds, you know, I'm going to stay really short and I am Mm -hmm. just going to tell the story with the Bible in my hand. But when I retell the story, Mm -hmm. which I'm going to do after we're going to, we're going to tell the story, we're going to do an activity and then I'm going to retell the story. Mm -hmm. When I do that, then I'm going to have things like, I want you to listen for these words. When you hear this word in the story, I want you to give me a thumbs up. When you hear this word in the story, I want you to stand when you hear that, you know, so I'm going to give them some instructions of things to do so that they're making some sort of motion when I'm telling the story the second time. So they're listening for my key words. And Mm -hmm. so that can just be a huge way to help them process the Bible story a
1: little bit better. Mm-hmm. and another way is uh drama so reenacting mm-hmm. the bible story um as your review i would love doing this with elementary kids and they would love doing it too especially if you can pull some small simple items to be like little props or little right. costumes all right pillowcases you know, can do a yeah, lot the the you know. <laughs> that's like tied around our necks yes and so um And so reenacting Bible stories is great. And even, um, and this is is just straight from our curriculum. This isn't from my brain. I'm not going to take credit for it. But Mm -hmm. our upcoming Sunday, one of the activities for our preschoolers is, so Mm -hmm. it's a lesson about Peter healing a lame man. And the man jumped up and he was walking, leaping, and praising God all the way to the temple after being healed. And so- Yes. And so you, you know, we're going to put different um, colored little floor dots on the floor and have the kids take turns either walking, leaping, or praising God to the different floor dots. Mm. And so it's such a simple way within Mm. their attention span to reenact Um, the heart of this passage that we're learning about in a, in a way that preschoolers can digest and understand um, and stay, stay focused on, because they may not be able to reenact like an entire big long Bible story, but you can pull out these little tidbits Mm -hmm. and focus on reenacting those. Right. And that's just huge for them because they're Mm -hmm. moving. And that's why I like
0: to take movement breaks Mm -hmm. during a Mm -hmm. class time so Mm -hmm. that I can make sure that I am getting them moving Whether or not we're just going to take a minute to have a little mini dance party and we play the worship song for that Sunday and we just have a little mini dance party or you just get the wiggles out somehow Mm -hmm. by having them to do a certain motion when you say certain things play Simon Says play, you know, it Mm -hmm. just is like a really quick mini break in the middle of whatever you're doing. It's just going to get them moving a little bit, so that they're not mm-hmm. sitting. Especially if you do have a lesson that's requiring a lot of time doing more quiet things,
1: mm-hmm. to
0: have these little moments that you're just taking that quick break to get them moving. That's huge.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, scavenger hunts, and this is we again talked about this in our mm-hmm. um, Bible skills activities yeah, episode we did. about. Kids love hunting and finding and searching and looking. And so giving them opportunities to find things that are hidden around the room, to follow clues, to go to the next thing and the next clue. And so, you know, however you want to set up scavenger hunts to get them up and moving um, and thinking and processing and and solving clues as they're moving around um, is great. And kids love it.
0: Mm -hmm. I love using rhythm too. Like, even if you're just quoting a Bible verse, if you can say like, love the Lord your God and have them snap Mm -hmm. at each word or Mm -hmm. clap at each word, or Mm -hmm. even better, if you want to get really brave, bring out the instruments, the drums, or bring out, you know, the jingle bells or Mm -hmm. bring out something and have them love the Lord your God. Like, you know, it's just having them make some sort of noise while they're Mm -hmm. saying that verse. So it helps Mm -hmm. them with that rhythm and it helps Mm -hmm. them with that cadence. So Mm -hmm. that it helps them to be able to retain it.
1: Another great way is charades, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, having kids act out certain um, people in the Bible, certain parts Mm -hmm. of your Bible Mm -hmm. lesson and letting the other kids guess. And so this is also just a great way to review if you've had, you know, a whole unit of Bible lessons. And so you want to do charades to to look back and review on several recent lessons or a whole unit of lessons. Um, But having kids... Stand up, act it out and guess. Right.
0: Well, and the great thing is that if you have younger kids, because sometimes I know younger kids struggle with charades, having like it being the key words, just Mm -hmm. key, key things, things that are very, and especially like if you're doing community helpers, you know, that's Mm -hmm. a good time to do like firemen or, you know, people who cook or, you know, like missions work or, you know, like different Mm -hmm. things. But a lot of times I'll do reverse charades where like one person guesses while the class acts it out. So that way you don't have the children like coming up and having to move if they're shy about it, but the whole Mm -hmm. class is doing the movement and just one Mm -hmm. or two people are trying to guess what the word is. And so either Mm -hmm. way, but it it helps to be able to to do that. Um, I love building hopscotch. Like I I will use tape on the floor a lot for things like Mm -hmm. what you mentioned about how you have the dots on the floor and they were Mm -hmm. leaping and jumping. But mm-hmm. just having um, like a word on each hopscotch square that they mm-hmm. say as they jump on it, or to mm-hmm. use hopscotch like in the middle of a scavenger hunt, or in the middle of a um, in the middle of an obstacle course, mm-hmm. like something that they have to jump and skip through, I just think mm-hmm. is huge. Anytime you can tape things on the floor, especially for mm-hmm. preschoolers, it's going to be a big
1: help. So, and I'll say this too, just on a practical note, because we all of our rooms have carpet. And we know if you leave tape on carpet, it can get like all gunky and weird. Um, But one of the things that I keep on hand, so the floor circles I mentioned in particular, you can get rubber ones. I have Velcro ones. Um, I also keep on hand rolls of like inch wide Velcro. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like tape, but it's velcro that goes right. on the floor. And so those are some of the things I just keep on hand for my volunteers. Right. And anytime you know, I hear about them wanting to tape something off on the floor or do something. I'm like, here, here, take my velcro, take my velcro. Yeah. You know, that's I, great I if you can have that, that resource. That's yes, so helpful. I hand that off to them instead of the <laughs> tape. I'm like, no, no, give me that tape, give me that tape, take the <laughs> velcro. So
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Another activity that we can do with kids is prayer walks. Um, Mm -hmm. And so this can also sort of fit in some ways into our like reflective learners of, you know, taking them either around the church campus um, Mm -hmm. or like one of the things our church does is we'll go and prayer walk different schools before the start of the school year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so taking them on, you know, a physical walk somewhere Mm -hmm. And guiding some prayer time through that as well. Yeah.
0: And a lot of times if I can't take a group outside in the building, because sometimes with safety and security, according Mm -hmm. to the size, you can't, I will do a prayer walk in the classroom Mm -hmm. where I can have different items sitting in different locations in the classroom and the kids Mm -hmm. move around the classroom and stop to pray Mm -hmm. for certain things. Like you might have Mm -hmm. a, a hymnal and, you know, then a Bible and then like, uh, you know, something else like where they can stop and they can pray for each department in the building or each mm-hmm. minister in the building
1: or have and things say for like, like international missions. That's a great yeah. way to like pray for different or countries or different missionaries different countries mm-hmm. or
0: cities or yeah. So there's like so many, you know, things like that that you can do just in the classroom. So, mm-hmm. um, but anytime you can go outdoors, if you have the ability, if you have, a, a playground that's safe if you have an an, a, mm. an area outside that's safe that you can take the kids out to do a nature walk mm. to to be able to get them outside to play a mm. game outside to walk outside to just sit and have the lesson outside where you're just telling the bible story and we're going to talk about this again when we talk about natural learners for sure. Uh, uh. But I always think it's really helpful for the kinesthetic kids just to get out of the room Mm -hmm. to
1: feel like they're moving. I think that that's huge. Um, Another thing that you can do um, is doing like role play activities Mm -hmm. um, for like live application for our lessons. Like, okay, if XYZ happens, then what is a biblical way that we can respond to this? If someone says this, what can we say back? If someone does this, what can we do back? And so role playing Um, some of those social interactions that we want to teach our kids how to handle them, you know, in biblical and appropriate ways. Right. Oh yeah.
0: Well, and another thing that I really love to use, it's, it's life size board games, set materials on the ground to make a life size board for a game like a, like a board game. Like if like if you were doing monopoly and you would have the little track around to build those squares on the floor and the kids are actually the pieces that move so they move mm-hmm. around the board and when they get a question a review question you know they stop on that square and the square might say you know, move two spots ahead, or it might say, go back to the start, or it might say, but I like to build a life-size board Mm -hmm. occasionally so that the kids are actually moving as they play. They still get to roll game cubes. They still get to do all of those things that you do when you're playing a board game, but they're actually moving because they're the pieces themselves. Mm
1: -hmm. And so it gives you an
0: opportunity to review in a life-size board game. Um, Another thing that I know a lot of churches love to do is to use puppets. And I've always been very careful in the way that I have used them, but I enjoy having the kids make their own puppets with craft Mm. sticks or with the brown lunch bags or some way so that they are building something and then telling a story with the puppets in some way Mm -hmm. that's going to reinforce either the life application or the lesson, the point, you know, the, the life point from it so that they sort of have that active way that they are reviewing the story well we hope that this information has been helpful just to think of active things that you can do with any bible story with any lesson that you may have but be able to incorporate movement in a unique and special way so that kids who are kinesthetic learners can better understand what you're trying to teach. And I think that it's just a lot of fun to be able to do, whether Mm -hmm. or not you have a class of kinesthetic learners or not, kids do learn better through movement. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is one of those learning styles that can really be beneficial to all ages, Mm -hmm. but especially kids that do learn better when they are in motion. We are just so very thankful that you joined us today. We are thankful for your support and for your encouragement. Um, The messages that you send us, the notes that we receive have been such a blessing for us to know that we have somewhere met you where you needed information or where you needed encouragement because that's why we do this the way that we do. We just want to be a blessing for you and for your ministry. So please keep letting us know topics that you would like to to hear more about, things that we can encourage you in, things that we can be helpful. That is really our heart. And we just really are appreciative of all of the subscribing and the liking and all the things that you do for us on social media. Um, We just ask that you continue that and encourage you to share the information with others so that we can reach more ministries. We would feel very honored by that if you could help us out. Um, We hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Mm Bye-bye.